0: to the Randy Tobler Show here at News Talk STL. I am not Randy Tobler. I am Paul Kurtman, but I have the honor and the privilege of filling in for Randy today. I'll be with uh, with the station, with the show today and next week in the studio, of course, with Max Foise, uh, who I've come to really know and appreciate and respect, and he's helped me a lot. Tremendously. Whenever I've had an opportunity to fill in, Max, good to see you this Boy, morning. Boy, that twenty dollars went a long way. I'm glad I gave that to you. You know, I, that's what I do for people. I help stretch their <laughs> money, and that's more important. That's so important these days with inflation being as high as yeah, it is. True. So you know, I mean, if you're going to give me twenty bucks to uh, just say something nice, to say something nice, I'm going to make it sure it's really, really nice. Um, but you know, actually, we're going to talk about that a little bit more later on in the show today. We're going to talk a little bit about inflation. We had some economic numbers come out just the other day. Uh, A jobs report came out and there was a lot involved in that but we're going to kind of parse that out a little bit. We're going to kind of break that up a little bit because even when they tell you that the jobs numbers are better than expected, and you would think that the market would shoot up. But when the Bureau of Labor Statistics actually releases that information, they also release a lot of other information that is incredibly important to the economy and will also give you a good indication of what the markets might or might not be doing. So if you're concerned about your IRA or your 401k, this kind of stuff is kind of important. If you're just concerned about what the economy is going to be doing over the next two or three months, especially as we lead up into the midterm elections, you also want to know what's in these reports, you also want to know when more reports are coming out. There's going to be another report. We'll talk about that when we get to the economy later on in the first hour today. Whenever we uh, talk a little bit more about the economy, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about some other reports that are going to be coming out that you're going to want to be aware of and you're going to want to be informed about. Um, Make sure you get that news and understand a little bit about why economists keep talking about these different reports and what those mean. But right now, one thing I want to talk about. I haven't had an opportunity to talk about this. I've I've been off the air for just a little bit last couple of weeks, and so much has happened here in the last couple of weeks. Big news, obviously, has been talked about at length on this station and on the mainstream media. Um, just over the last month or so, you know, the Supreme Court comes in, they overturn Roe versus Wade, which is the landmark case in the 1970s that made abortion legal across the entire country. And if you really want to understand exactly how inept our government leaders are in even understanding these issues, I mean, I'm talking about people who have been or are United States senators that don't even understand the role of the United States Senate. You want to understand a little bit about how little President Biden and other people that have even served in the Oval Office understand about exactly what the role of the Supreme Court even is? But just a couple days, Justice Kavanaugh... I'm telling you this is this stuff's getting out of hand folks. You might have heard the news that Justice Kavanaugh was eating a steak dinner, some activists showed up and they started chanting, they tried to run him out, they told the manager that the manager needed to kick him out. Eventually, Justice Kavanaugh did have to leave. There are activist groups for all the for all the wokeness, for all the anti-bullying that the uh, people over at Twitter say that they're about, right? So they will they will cancel you. They will Deplatform platform you off of Twitter if they think that you're doing anything on Twitter that's meant to bully anybody else because they are the champions of the anti-bully crowd, Twitter is. However, if you belong to the group Ruth sent us or you belong to one of these other, um, I don't even want to just call them leftist groups, these are militant groups, okay? And people have been kicked off of Twitter for... Insinuating far, far less. But these groups have recently, probably about a month ago, they were trying to actually get people to run intel operations to out where Amy Coney Barrett's kids went to school. Why? Because they're trying to intimidate Supreme Court justices. So they're going to send people to Amy Coney Barrett's children's school to yell, to shout, to make her fear for the safety of her kids because of her position on Roe v.ersus Wade. But now it's gone even further. Now we got some of these groups on Twitter. The one that I know about is Ruth Sentas. There's another one. If you go to paulkirtman.com, you'll be able to scroll all the way to the bottom of paulkirtman.com. You'll find the radio tab. Today is radio number 53. If you go to radio number 53, you're going to see the links to all the different stories that we're going to be talking about today. You're going to be able to find... Uh, the clips of the sound bites and everything else that we're going to have on the program today. So you can even go there. You can look up some of these articles. You can read them. And you can even call in if you want to. In fact, I'll give you a call-in number if you want to do this, 314-912-1019, 314-912-1019. But you can find all the links to the different articles, the different news picks that we're going to be talking about today at Paulcurbin.com Scroll to the bottom, radio number 23. And if you go there, you'll see that there's uh, a couple articles. And in these articles, they have not just Ruth sent us, but some of these other far, far, far left-wing militant groups that are actually literally running intelligence operations— So that way, these organizations, these far-left protesters, if you want to call them protesters, that way they always have tabs on where the Supreme Court justices are at any given time. Why? Because that way they can show up at places like a steakhouse when one of them is just trying to have dinner. And they can shout them down. They can do exactly what Maxine Waters has encouraged people to do. Get in their face, push back, shout them down, let them know they're not wanted. That's from the words of Congresswoman Maxine Waters, something that she said a few years back. And listen, the the left has taken her words to heart. There's a picture online. You can see it at paulkerman.com. There's a picture online of several armed officers standing on the lawn in front of Justice Kavanaugh's house. This is all coming just on the heels of them having arrested that 22-year-old a few weeks back who admitted to police that he was on his way to Washington, D.C. in order to either kidnap and or kill Justice Kavanaugh. That's what he told the police. That's what he was going to do. And then all this, of course, is continuing to be exacerbated by the fact that that we have a presidential administration who for so long, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know why in the world it even took this long. There is no reason whatsoever for the press secretary at the White House, for President Biden's press secretary, whenever she's asked, does the president support this type of behavior, this type of targeting Supreme Court justices, there is no reason whatsoever for there to be An immediate response of absolutely not. This type of targeting our Supreme Court justices because you don't like the decision that the Supreme Court has made, it should absolutely not be tolerated. And the United States government is going to make sure that we pull out all the stops to make sure that we are providing the maximum amount of security that they need or that they want in order for them to feel safe in the wake of some of their rulings. That's what the answer should be. But it wasn't just up until just a couple weeks ago that finally, finally, President Biden's uh, White House press secretary said, no, no, no. The president has been abundantly clear on this. Uh, The president is not for any any type of targeting of Supreme Court justices. We think protests should be peaceful and safe. Well, that's kind of comes a little bit too late. I mean, we already had one guy say that he's going to try to kill one of our one of our justices, and now there's multiple groups on Twitter, none of which, to my knowledge at this point, have been blocked or had their accounts suspended because they're trying to run these intel operations to find out where these justices are at any given time so that way their followers can go harass them and maybe even put their lives in danger, even empower and equip with this type of information. Other nutbags, like this 22-year-old, other nut jobs like that, Kamala Harris, AOC, this is getting worse and worse and worse. Now, this is what I want to talk about here because they don't understand the way this works. Kamala Harris was recently asked if Congress should impeach the Supreme Court justices because they misled the Senate on their views on Roe versus Wade. And I just want to tell you, they didn't mislead the Senate committee in their views on Roe versus Wade. They didn't do that at all. What they do is they talk about precedent. And this isn't, if, if a senator did not pick up on this, then they're the ones that have misled their entire state when they campaigned as though they were capable of being U.S. senators. When the Supreme Court justices talk about precedent, when they're being interviewed by those committees to get confirmed to the Supreme Court and they talk about precedent, that's incredibly important in just because one Supreme Court ruling in the past has gone the way of maybe one special interest group or one organization or one group of people or one ideology, one ruling is a little part of precedent. But overwhelmingly, the precedent that has been established by the Supreme Court is that we don't create laws from the bench. And the, and the I thought. Uh, uh, Clarence Thomas did a great job of breaking this down this is all about precedent they were undoing something that the Supreme Court never should have done in the first place and if you want to talk about precedent which we should be talking about precedent this is not the first time this has happened the Supreme Court one time had to rule that some of our segregation laws that the Supreme Court had previously upheld the Supreme Court has had to go back and rule that those were wrong too It is not unprecedented for the Supreme Court to say, hey, we are going to override a previous Supreme Court ruling because it was wrong. Now, in this particular case, all the Supreme Court did was throw it right back to the state. So for the people that think abortion is outlawed across the land, that's not true. It'll be outlawed in some states, but this has come back to being a state's issue, a state sovereignty issue. Issue. And if you want to find out why it should be an issue of the states, you might want to go read uh, the Ninth and the Tenth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. But Kamala Harris is being asked whether or not they should be impeached. Should these Supreme Court justices be impeached because they lied? Well, they didn't lie. They didn't lie at all. But then you got people, well, first of all, Kamala Harris, she didn't even answer the question. The answer should have been no, because she should know better. Not only was she a U.S. senator, but she was also an attorney. She understands a little bit about how the law works. So she helped enforce the law, and now she helped make the law. She should understand a little bit about how this works. I don't even want to give AOC a pass. AOC is saying, yes, they should all be impeached. In fact, I think AOC was the one that kind of got this whole whole, uh, idea started that they should all be impeached because AOC, Alexandria Cortez, Ocasio-Cortez, She's under the impression that the Supreme Court justices, Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, she's under the impression that they lied about how they really feel about Roe versus Wade. But AOC has never really been the brightest. In fact, here's an AOC story for you. Remember the whole tax the rich dress that she wore to the Met Gala? This This was just... This was a this was an amazing. Somebody should some psychologist out there one of these days is going to write a textbook. And there's going to be a whole case study in there on AOC. So she goes to the Met Gala, y'all remember this. This was I think maybe last year, I can't remember when it was. She she's there with some of the richest people in the whole state of New York, in the country, in the city of New York. There were some of the richest people the most wealthy people. She's wearing a dress that says tax the rich. And you would think it would be like a protest. It wasn't. She was there wearing a dress that alone cost $10,000 that somebody had given her to wear for the event. Well, it turns out AOC herself, she is racking up fines from the IRS because she herself is not even paying her own taxes. Tax the rich. And according to the median income, she's not like the rest of us who are out here just like earning wages. She's making a lot more money than the median income earner in the country, and she's not even paying her taxes. She kind of is the target for her own speech. She's the target for her own message, tax the rich. Well, we're trying to tax you, AOC, but you're not paying your taxes. She needs to pay her fair share. AOC needs to pay her fair share. Anyway, AOC is just one of the people who's saying that these, uh, these people should be impeached, the justices of the Supreme Court, because they lied to the U.S. Senate. But they didn't lie to the U.S. Senate. They talked a little bit about precedent. And now things have gone so far... They've gone so far that justices continue and continue and continue to be harassed at their homes. They continue to be harassed whenever they go out to eat. They continue to be harassed online. And now we have organizations and groups that are trying to harass the justices' children in hopes of striking fear into the hearts of the justice in order to sway a political outcome. Do you know what it's called? When you ever you try to intimidate or coerce somebody for political means, Max, do you know what that's called? It's called terrorism. Oh, sure, it's, legit- it's like the legitimate definition yes. of the word. Terrorism. Yes, when you try to strike fear into the hearts of people in order for political purposes. Yes, absolutely. That is terrorism. I didn't know there'd be a quiz today. Well, oh, oh, we're gonna have another You're quiz. Keeping later. me on my toes now. Well, we're gonna have another quiz. You're gonna love this, Max. We haven't got to do this yet. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of the B or not the B. Are you familiar with oh, the B yes. or not the B? Yes, it's okay. a great segment. Yeah, yeah. We'll do a little bit of that in each one of these uh, in each one of the hours today. Just a, just a few questions, so it'll be a little bit of a quiz, but it'll be fun. But anyway, it's called terrorism, folks. Whenever you're trying to strike fear into the heart of somebody in order to get them to change their mind or move their position for political purposes, it's called terrorism. When I was in the Marine Corps in boot camp, it was like week number four. We're all sitting in a lyceum out in a Marine Corps recruit depot, San Diego. And we're having classes on things like what terrorism is. And they're going down the list of all these different organizations that are on the terrorist watch list. I don't know how in the world this group, Ruth, sent us, who's trying to get information on where Amy Coney Barrett's kids are. How in the world is that organization not at least deemed a terrorist organization, by Twitter. I mean, they're trying to intimidate and coerce people for political ends. I just think that they should be. I think if Twitter, the people, I think if the woke mob over there at Twitter, I think if they were who they like to tell us they are, if they were really ideologically consistent, they would go after all of these groups who, who are trying to run intelligence, trying to invade the privacy of the Supreme Court justices, just so their followers can go and harass them, and shout them down, and scream at them, and bully them because they don't like a Supreme Court decision? You know, I don't remember. I don't remember anybody else doing this, really. I'm not saying it's never been done, but I don't remember anybody else doing this. Uh, trying to intimidate these justices. On anything. I mean, we've had some really big issues during the Obama administration. There's a lot of churches, there's a lot of Christian organizations, there's a lot of traditional Americans who were pretty upset about the whole um, gay marriage ruling from the Supreme Court. But you know what? None of them went down and harassed the Supreme Court justices. In fact, I know a lot of people from churches today were like, this, is, this isn't this is good for the country. And what did they do? They just decided to pray about it. <laughs> but here we've got people on the left going to the homes to, to the point where armed guards have to stand and camp out on the front lawns of these justices. We're going to talk about this a little bit more in the next couple hours. A couple other things that we're going to get to. Re- real quick, I'm just going to tease a little bit here for the next couple segments. We're going to do the B or not the B. If you've uh, listened to my show f- any time in the last couple months, you've heard the B or not the B. Here in the final segment, coming up at about 6.45, right here on the Randy Tobler Show, uh, you're going to you're gonna hear me quiz Max Foise on the B or not the B. Oh boy, I can't wait. This is going to be good because the Babylon B, if you don't follow it, the Babylon B puts out... It's a satire site. Their tagline is "fake news you can trust," which I think is just hilarious in and of itself. But they put out these headlines that are that they, they ring. There's an element of truth there. And um, let me see. When was it? It was on April 21st. I remember this because it was my birthday. We finally got that event pulled off with Donald Trump Jr. Seth Dillon comes out and he ra- he actually read off a whole list of headlines that within weeks had actually come true. So, it's funny because it's so close to being true, but the Babylon B gets them so close to being true that they usually do come true within just a couple weeks. But we're going to do that about 6.45. When we come back at 6.25, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about inflation and the economy. In the next hour, at 7 o'clock, we're going to talk about the Senate race. Are you for Eric Greitens, Eric Schmidt, Vicki Hartzler? Donald Trump had some things to say about Vicki Hartzler the other day. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Maybe you can chime in and let me know who it is you're for and why you're for them. We're coming down to the wire here. We're just a few weeks away from the primary vote. This is Paul Kirtman filling in for Randy Tobler right here on News Talk STL 1019. Mm -hmm. Peter Ducey challenged White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre on why so many Americans think the country is headed down the wrong track. All right, Ashley, take me through it. What did she have to say? Well, basically, nothing to see here. Please move along with the message. Listen to this exchange where the administration basically refuses to take any responsibility. How do you think it is that 88% of people in this country pulled by Monmouth think the country is on the wrong track? So I'll say this, the president understands What the American people are going through. He understands that gas prices are high um, because of Putin's tax hike. I don't think it's that our plan is not popular with the American people. When you look at inflation, when we look at where we are economically, and we are in a strong, uh, we are stronger economically than we have been uh, in history. There you go. That is President Biden's press secretary. Was that volume very good? I, I kind of feel like my volume might have been down a little bit. Oh no, it was fine. Come through all right. Yeah, okay. It was good. good. Because because I want people to hear that uh, Peter Ducey had just asked the press secretary, he said, what does President Biden think? What's the plan? How is this going to work? How's his confidence level because of this recent monmouth poll in which 88% of the respondents, 88%. This is okay, so this is representing, this is a small sample size, but supposed to represent 88% of the American people, believe the country is on the wrong track. Listen, I held office as a Republican lawmaker for eight years. And if I ever thought for a second that 88% of the people in my party or the people in my district thought that the state was on the wrong track, that would spell bloodbath for the next election. If that is a, if that poll is even close to accurate. And here's the thing. I've never even heard of a poll in which the margin of error was 38% that's what the margin of error would have to be. And it would have to swing all the way through the margin of error just to get back to 50%. But this poll is indicating that 88% of the American people believe the country is on the wrong track. And I don't know how much more tone deaf the administration can be than to just glance over that. And in this in this particular uh, sound clip if i let it play on just a minute uh, more and i think i will hear in just a second but his press secretary biden's press secretary has an answer for this it's not him it's not president biden it's not his plan secretary also went on to say that the administration actually has a plan while republicans have no plan and just want to take away the rights from the american people okay what plan they have, I'm not quite sure. sure. Well, stay there, Ashley, because i got more for you. Yes. Uh, there's quite a- <laughs> the plan that they're talking about is President Biden's recovery plan. Now, part of this plan involves releasing oil from the oil reserves. It involves uh, a, a certain amount of bills that they've been working on and have failed to get through in the president's first two years. But President Biden's press secretary can't help herself who she has to blame for this is uh, Putin, Putin's war, she calls it. She says this is Putin's war, and it's also inflation, and it's also a pandemic that's been unprecedented, that is a a once-in-a-100-year pandemic that the country has just come through. She says, I know that gas prices are high. I know that the cost of food is high. She goes, but this is all Putin's war. And this is all related to the pandemic. These reports that just came out just earlier this week saying that the job numbers are better, right? Job numbers are better. We have better employment than we've had. We're right at 3.6% unemployment. That number has stayed the same, I think, for the last few months. It's always been right about 3.6% unemployment. A couple things you have to consider here also are other things that came out in the same report. The amount of underemployed people in this country continues to rise. This is a number that a lot of people don't talk about on the news. They don't talk about this whenever they're given their economics report or their market updates. The amount of underemployed people continues to rise. And what is an underemployed person? An underemployed person is somebody who's trying to work to earn a living, but they cannot keep up. They can't keep up with wages. They're not making the money that they need to make in order to put food on the family for their kids. They don't have enough hours and even to qualify for benefits. They don't, they're just underemployed. They don't get the things that come with people that have full-time jobs. And so they're looking for more work and they can't find it. So the underemployed amount of Americans continues to rise. Already, once this year, we've already gotten one GDP report. Gross domestic product, okay? This tells us basically what it is our country is producing. Okay? What it is we is it, it's kind of a it's a good gauge to give us the strength of the economy. It's a good gauge to help us measure productivity. And what we want is we want productivity to continue to grow and expand. We want to become more industrious. We want people to be able to earn better wages. A high, better wages, a higher a higher um higher earnings, higher uh, higher standard of living. We want them to be able to reach the financial goals that they have for themselves. We want them to be able to send their kids to college. If GDP continues to shrink, a lot of people's goals and dreams begins to go away. Well, we've already had one report this year that told us that we have a GDP, we have an economy that is contracting, it's actually shrinking It's not that it's stagnant. It's not that it's not growing. It is shrinking. If we have another GDP report that says that the economy is shrinking, if we have another one, so if we have two consecutive GDP reports that indicate that the economy is shrinking, that tells us that we are in a recession. Right now, 88% of Americans believe that the country is headed the wrong direction. And usually you would think that 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 poll number would be released. Usually you would think that people would think that way after we've already been informed that, yes, we're in a recession. But we're not even at that point yet. We haven't even had enough time pass for us to even measure whether or not we're in a recession. But, boy, it sure feels like it. And so when you have 88% of Americans stopping at the pump Day after day, week after week, month after month, paying record high amounts just to put fuel in the car to get to work, or if they're underemployed, to get to whatever work they can get, it feels like you're in a recession. When the cost of poultry is up 30%, when the cost of housing and travel and energy is up 30%. It feels like you're in a recession. It feels like you're in a terrible, dark, economic time in your life that you really have to struggle to get through. And here's the thing. The numbers at this point don't even back up that we're actually there officially, but it's official for moms and dads across the country who are working to put food on the table and trying to take care of their kids, trying to make sure that they pay their mortgage. It's real to them. And this is happening just weeks and months before a primary election and before the midterm elections. I remember after, I think it was the 2012 election, President Obama had been in from 2008 to 2012. And everybody thought, everybody was thinking, this is going to be a sweep for the Republicans. President Obama is going to be a one-term president. The Tea Party had risen up. People were upset with nationalized health care, Obamacare. But then, lo and behold, lo and behold, President Obama still managed to squeak through that election and get a whole nother term. And the Republican Party, I think it was a good idea to do this, but they blew this too. They released their autopsy. They called it an autopsy because they were trying to figure out how in the world did we just die on this election? I think that come this November, that the Democratic Party is going to have to do an autopsy on their party and on their policies. And they're going to have to figure out which one of these policies... Who is it in our party that's just bad for us? Where is the disease within our party? Because I'm telling you right now, 88% of Americans saying that we're on the wrong track. Record high gas, record high gas prices coupled with 40 year high inflation. The next number that's going to come out for inflation is going to be next Wednesday. On Wednesday, we're going to find out what the inflation was for the month of June. Inflation went down a little bit in April. They were expecting it to go down again in May, but instead it actually went up to an all-time high. I don't want to say all-time high. It went up to a 40-year high. So what's going to happen in June? You have companies like uh, Kiplinger's. If you read Kiplinger's magazine, they think that inflation is going to get as high as 9, maybe even a little bit higher. And then by the end of the year, we're still going to be around 8%. That means we are kind of in this inflationary period for the long haul. And so for President Biden to say this is all Putin's fault, oh, this is just because we're coming out of a pandemic, that's not going to fly for voters in the ballot box. The difference between, uh, between um, Joe Biden and other Democrats who I think have actually done, even if you, even if I disagree with their policies, they were strong leaders. The difference is this. President Obama, he does not take accountability or responsibility for any of this. Nothing is his fault. I would love to ask him why it was he fell off his bicycle. I'm just curious to know what he would say. Was that his fault? He's the only one on the bike. Nothing has been this guy's fault. What about the Federal Reserve? Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve. With the monetary policy that we have, it is the right thing for them to do to be raising interest rates in order to rein in inflation. By raising interest rates, what they're doing is they're making it more expensive to borrow money. And so when it becomes more expensive to borrow money, well, it just makes sense that people quit borrowing money. Fewer people are going to borrow money, but that's going to make things in the marketplace begin to contract a little bit. You can kind of see the stock market respond to that, but that's how they begin to rein in inflation. They're trying to get money kind of out of circulation so there's less dollars out there available for people to use. And as less dollars become available for people to use, each dollar becomes worth a little bit more, meaning its purchasing power goes a little bit further. It's like Jerome Powell is the only guy in there whether it was the Trump administration or the Biden administration, who's really actually trying to do something here. And I haven't even agreed with him on everything. But one thing that Jerome Powell's not doing that president Biden is doing is he's not blaming everybody else for decisions or for, for, for an economy that he can directly influence and certainly President Biden can directly influence things. But right now, he just seems to be more concerned about the Roe versus Wade issue. He seems to be more concerned about pushing some of these woke policies in the army. I mean, here we are, right? We've been told we're on the cusp of World War III with Russia. And we've canceled strategic missile testing because we don't want to provoke Russia. And instead, we turn our attention and our treasure to gender Pronoun training in the U.S. Army. These are the executive orders that he's signing. These are the things that he's pushing. Meanwhile, the economy doesn't really seem to be at the top of his uh, top of his agenda these days. There's a lot more that he could do. Hey, when we come back here in just a, just another minute or two, we're gonna read some headlines from the Babylon Bee and some headlines from not the Bee. And we're going to see how well Max can do. Can he get it right? Are these headlines going to be from the B or not the B? It's just a fun little game. Kind of speaks to the craziness of the world we live in when you read some of these headlines. But we'll be back right here at News Talk STL. This is Paul Kerman filling in for Randy Tobler here on The Randy Tobler Show. Randy Tobler. Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer, on News Talk STL. And welcome back to the Randy Tobler Show. This is Paul Kirtman filling in for Randy Tobler here in the studio with Max Foise. And we are beginning to wrap up the first hour of the Randy Tobler show here on News Talk STL. But before we do, you play this clip for me. You guys have played it with Randy. Mm Mm-hmm. Before I want, I got it. You just play. This is the first time I ever heard it. <laughs> I gotta play it. We gotta do this on air because this goes right into some of the headlines on the be or not the be. So, this is a clip from this is an correct me if I'm wrong, man. Mm-hmm. A Navy training video, correct? Yes, surprisingly, yes. Mm-hmm. And it was all about pronouns. A Navy, US Navy training video about pronouns. Let's roll it. Just to share something with you that happened uh, the other day at a cookout I was at, we were uh, talking about pronouns. And somebody was disagreeing with how different people um, see themselves as different pronouns. And the argument was, if you look like a female, then it's she, her, because that's what's normal. And if you make me call you something else, then you're infringing on my rights. And I, I was really taken aback by the comment, and I really wasn't sure how to respond. And the only thing I could really think quickly to say was... It's not about you at all, and it's mostly and ultimately about respect. Okay. Okay, there's so much. There's a lot to unpack here. I'm gonna, We're going to do the be or not the be, but let me tell you something. So, somebody, so this sailor, I'm assuming she's a sailor. Mm-hmm. She's saying that she's had this conversation at a cookout she was at, and someone said, listen, if, if you're a woman or if you look like a woman, then your pronouns are she, her, Right. And this sailor was so taken aback by that, so taken aback, because this is what the sailor says. This is somebody who, remember, this is someone who took an oath to the Constitution, okay, the idea that they're going to go out and put their lives on the line for our freedom. And the sailor tells this other person who disagrees with being forced to use your pronouns, it's not about you, it's about respect. Well, respect for who? It's respect for the sailor. So this is entitlement on steroids, literally armed with a destroyer. <laughs> this is entitlement on an aircraft carrier, on a nuclear-powered submarine. This is the type of mentality that is now carrying the keys to the nuclear codes right now. It's not about you. It's not about your freedom. I will force you to say what, what I want you to say because I'm going to force you to respect me. This is, the, this is what gave Jordan Peterson – if you don't know who Jordan Peterson is, you need to look him up. This is what sent him on his meteoric rise to fame when as a clinical psych, psychiatrist or psychologist at the University of Toronto, the government had said, you will use the pronouns people want to be called by. And he said, I'm not going to do it. He goes, I'm, he goes, I was not saying I won't do it, but I'm not going to be forced. You will not coerce my speech. But what this Navy sailor here is saying is, oh, yeah, we're going to coerce your speech. Listen, this is a free country. And it should, well, it should be a free country, but it's not a free country if you can force other people to call you things or to do things for you. We fought a very bloody civil war because we wanted to get away from this idea that we could force other people to do stuff for us. Because why? Because that is antithetical to the whole idea of being free. Okay, now this leads us right into our the B or not the B. I can't wait. Okay. okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read I'm gonna read we'll go we'll go for three. I'm gonna read three headlines here, and you can tell me whether or not this is the Babylon B, a satire headline, or is it not the B, as in a real headline. Okay, I'll throw a, I might throw an easy one out here. Sure. To get started, um, this is a good one. Biden apologizes. For latest teleprompter, in his apology for latest teleprompter gaffe, Biden says, I apologize for my latest teleprompter gaffe and apology. I, I could actually, I could actually see that happening. Uh, I'm going to say that that is not the B. That is the B. That is the Babylon B. That, uh, that, except <laughs> six months from now, that'll probably happen. Could happen. Could happen this afternoon. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of funny because it rings true. Yes, it does. Could totally happen. So that is not a real headline. That is a Babylon B headline. Biden, I apologize for my latest teleprompter gaffe and apology. apology. <laughs> He's kind of actually done that as far as with his notes and saying things that are actually for him in the notes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen a, a, a zoomed in screenshot of his notes? Um, no, no. I there, there's a couple like. Sleuths out there who have like zoomed in on their cameras during press conferences and took pictures of his notes. Like whenever he holds it, just so you can see. Mm-hmm. And it's like call on this person, don't call on this person. Wow. One of them actually said, "You ask this question, then you take your seat." And it's all capitalized, <laughs> oh, you. So he God. knows that when he sits down, he's supposed to sit in his seat. Wow, I know it's it's, uh, it's sad. It is sad. It's sad. I I don't. I think the man needs help. Okay, the B or not the B. New poll shows Americans' confidence and belief in the Bible is at all time low. Ooh, I'm gonna say that's not the B. Correct. Oh, I finally got one. I'm one and you one. Got, you're one and one. Okay, one so on one Okay, we're going into sudden death here. Okay. Here we go. It's all the marbles. Now this. Now this is another one you just don't know about. Immediately after moving to Texas, Elon Musk announces the production of Tesla AR15. Oh, (laughs) that's uh, that's a funny one. I'm going to say that's that's the B. Good job. All right. You are. All right. You got two out of three. Fantastic. Pretty good. Pretty good. Now, I'm going to try to stump you whenever we do this again in the next hour. Well, you stumped me with Biden. I mean, that's tough to know what's real and what's not with with President Joe. It's hard to say. And it gets a little tougher here with some of these headlines. But we're going to do this again. We'll do this a little bit in the second hour. When we come back after. This is a break. When we come back for the 7 o'clock hour, we're going to talk a little bit about the Senate race, the U.S. Senate race. Greitens, Schmidt, Hartzler, there's a few other candidates out there. Those three are in the top right now. I'm going to talk a little bit about a poll. And if you're interested in talking about the Senate candidates, the number here is 314-912-1019. You might be interested in my take, but we'll be back here in just a minute. This is Paul Kerbin filling in for Randy Tobler, News Talk STL.